0: In most Al-Anon meetings, men are in the minority. What is our experience as men in Al-Anon? Welcome to episode 316 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Hillary, Julie, Tammy, Catherine, and Justin. They use the donation button on our website. Thank you, Hillary, Julie, Tammy, Catherine, and Justin for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that in this show we represent ourselves rather than any 12-step program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I will be your host today. This topic was suggested by a listener maybe a couple of months ago. I don't remember now who did it. I haven't been able to find the original request. But I asked you to send in your experiences as a man in the LM program or as someone who maybe values the presence of men in your groups. A number of you responded, and I really appreciate the the depth and the breadth of the responses that I got. And I'm going to share these without comment because it is your experience that you're sharing.
1: Hey Spencer, it's Matthew from Atlanta. Thank you for another great episode. I just listened to the holiday toolkit. Wish I'd had, had that actually on the 23rd, but it still was helpful, especially in helping me to get back on the beam after a holiday with well, one of the active alcoholics in my family. Your question about being a man in Al-Anon, I wanted to share about that. I am a man in al I am a fairly young man in Al-Anon, and I am a single man in Al-Anon. You know, we have a saying in AA that men stick with the men and women stick with the women, and I learned that the hard way that's not just to protect the women that's to protect us too I was 13 step by a woman in ACA and that led to me asking you to do the Essanon podcast so I, I got into a romantic relationship with a member of ACA that seemed to have a good program but was not dealing with her sexual addiction issues and had a whole double life going on and as a Abuse survivor, myself, I am more susceptible to those types of people, and she had actually used what I shared in meetings for over a year and a half to manipulate me. That's, of course, probably an extreme case, but it is my experience nonetheless, and I wanted to share that. Always a good idea to stick with the men. I only uh, spend time with women in public Al-Anon-type outings never one-on-one, and, of course, never at my home. You know, I have to repeat to myself that Al-Anon or any other recovery room is not a place to get dates. It seems logical that it would be great to date someone in recovery so I don't have to explain myself to an earth person that wouldn't understand, but I have found in my experience that it's just like adding gasoline to a fire, and it doesn't help at all. To do that, I actually, you know, am in recovery for love addiction. You know, I have have issues if women hug me, full on hug me with, you know, if they are very well endowed and they squeeze me tight, it it really creates problems for that program. And so I've had to set boundaries there as well. I actually gave my talk at a Coda retreat, and I asked from the podium, if you're a woman, it was like a room of 150 people, please don't hug me. And that caused a lot of of waves, but I felt that I needed to have that kind of boundary at that retreat, and they invited me back to speak again the next year. And the next year, I showed people from the podium how to give a recovery hug, which uh, we we had a lot of jokes about, where you do the, the side arm hug. Or you, uh, hug with butts out, which would be giving enough space between the two people so that, that it's not too close a proximity. People had a lot of laughs about that the second year. And that's, I guess, one way of making that type of, um, boundary positive. Thanks again. Bye.
2: Hi, Spencer. This is Walter G. calling from Tucson, Arizona regarding, uh, the topic of, uh, <clears throat> being a male, being a man in Alanon and issues I've Encountered as a man, been in the program for about almost three, three and a half years. You know, I, I can't say that I've ever had any real negative issues being a man. I do know that most members of the program are women. I'm fortunate in that in our community, in our city, we have several meetings that are men-only meetings. My my home group is a is a men's meeting on Monday nights. Great group, and there's also a couple of other meetings that meet at the noon at the noon hour. Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, that I can't attend because of work. So it's hard for me to make it to those meetings, but they're there and I've been there. And I do attend another meeting on Saturday mornings. you know, where there are a few guys that come. It's mostly women, but but there are guys there. And I didn't have a, I didn't have any trouble finding a sponsor because of the, the men's meetings that we have here in town. So I haven't had any real issues being a man in the program. You know, I wish there were more men in the program. I, I don't, I mean, I, there are good reasons for why i think there are reasons why there are more women in the program but i don't really that shouldn't be the case i mean it's not as if alcoholism you know is, is you know has more of a you know as more male or female i mean it's it, you know everybody you know both genders acquire the disease or develop the disease it is it is an issue and i think i don't know what the world service organization has ever done or is doing you know, to promote more men in meetings or more men to become members, you know, if there's any outreach that can be done in a way that's in line with the program. I don't believe that any of our groups here locally do anything, you know, within within our programs, within our groups to promote more men that we should consider more and think about more, because I do believe that there should be more gender equity uh, in in the program. Thanks. Love the show.
3: Hi, uh, Spencer. This is Mark. I'm calling about the topic of men in Al-Anon, and I am one of those. I was been lucky in our area. I'm seldom in the extreme minority, but sometimes, uh, you know, it's like 75 percent, 25. Before the program, I came to the program, really. My wife and I had a qualifier in common. And I was struggling because we weren't on the same page at all. I was taking her inventory and so that when I started to go to meetings and there were mixed men and women meetings, I found I was projecting all over the place. I was really struggling listening to women, uh, share their experience, strength and hope because I kept bringing it too close to home. I wasn't listening. Yeah. As I say, I was projecting. So what I did is I found a men's-only Al-Anon meeting, which became still is my home group. And that really did help me get past that obstacle, that distraction, to the point where, you know, it was several years I got a little bit better, I guess. You know, progress, not perfection. I left my wife's business to herself, and uh, I, I got to the point where I allowed her to find her own program. And I actually got to the point where I kind of missed that perspective of a, a co-ed meeting, sort of. So I, in time, I actually started going to another meeting with a mix of women, and I found they didn't have the same issue, you know. And it was a valuable insight and a perspective that I lacked when I confined it strictly to a men's meeting. I really, you know, and from that perspective, I never really found anything substantively different. It was just, you know, in the way they were sharing or the way they approached the program necessarily. It was just my own stuff, my own unresolved stuff that made this men-women divide an issue. And to the extent that I allowed that to, you know, whatever, take its course, and just kept coming back and kept open to the program, that got better. And I, I'm I'm glad and more comfortable now in mixed company. It's still, you know, sometimes it can be an irritant, but that usually just means I have something that I have to work at uh, for my own, um, you know, um, you know on my own, and it's got nothing to do with the, the present company, really. But as I say, I'm repeating myself, but I'm very fortunate, and there's a lot of meetings that I can and, uh, and I know that, you know, I've heard other people share that it's difficult and they, they don't feel comfortable because they feel they're, in, you know, in, in an extreme minority. I, again, I don't see that, that there's any difference.
4: Hi, Spencer. This is Karen from D.C. And I wanted to let you know that in my experience, having men as part of our Al-Anon meetings has been very helpful. Men have provided me with objective perspectives. When I would voice frustration about the person who's drinking bothered me, it was only the men who would ask, are they still drinking? To which I would reply, yes. They would say, you're better off wasting your time talking to the brick wall. Many men in Al-Anon have experienced the other program as well and frequently would remind me of what it really means to be in an octave addiction and... Tell me that I keep accepting singing behavior from someone who is very sick. So while women in meetings have been very patient and a lot softer and gentler, the men have been more pragmatic. I will never forget the moment when an elderly gentleman approached me after a meeting as I had cradled my infant son in my arms. He said, I wanted to tell you that I have never been so happy as I was the day that my mom left my alcoholic father when I was nine years old. I was so happy for her, and I had wanted her to do that for years. And just hearing him say that was really powerful for me. So thank you so much, and I um, appreciate you letting me leave feedback. Bye-bye.
5: Hi, it's Craig from Alberta calling in to provide uh, my share on men in al I got uh, Spencer's last reminder just listening to the latest episode on belonging. I have to say that uh, my experience has been very positive. The home group I've found has a number of men of all ages, and uh, I'm involved in a men's group that uh, we work through the steps in the blue, uh, blue Book. But I have to say that the biggest thing I've learned is to be able to be emotionally honest and open on very intimate topics with men and that it isn't a terrifying or unmanly thing to do. Growing up in an alcoholic home and living in a relationship where there is alcoholic drinking at home and it's affecting the relationship with my spouse and my kids are affected by their mother's drinking, I've come to realize how emotionally frozen I was growing up. That was uh, in part from reading books that uh, have been discussed on this show and also in learning more about how I was in denial and I grew up having this pride in the sense that I could keep my temper for a long, long time. It would take a lot to get me angry, thinking that that was somehow a badge of honor and not really... Uh, knowing that it was such a strong indicator of my frozen uh, emotional state the ability to stuff down and deny and that it's only been in the last two years that I've been in Al-Anon that I've come to realize how emotionally frozen I was and how keeping those emotions stuffed down and that anger came out and Spencer you've talked about your experience of having explosive anger and I I too have that and, and my ability to change how I react to the provocations that I get from my spouse when she's in a state of throwing the rope and waiting for me to pick it up and and yank on it. So I have to say that uh, my experience uh, with uh, uh, having other men in and has allowed me to grow in my recovery and, and grow in my ability to be emotionally honest with myself and with others and in sharing with my sponsor and in sharing with my home group and in sharing with my siblings. My, my, My relationships with my adult siblings has incredibly improved over the last two years. So I am so very, very thankful for all that I have been able to achieve in working the program. And I only recognize how much more I have. And thank you, Spencer, for episode 146 on emotional security. That was an incredible
6: Hi, Spencer. My name's Amanda, and I want to say thank you to you and to all of the voices on the podcast. This is a huge resource. I share it, and I just really, really appreciate your service. It's a, like a huge part of my day, my daily routine and recovery. I wanted to comment on the men in program topic. I'm a woman in my twenties and I obviously can learn so much from everyone. Newcomers, people have been in the program for years. It's just so much. There's always nuggets and wisdom from anybody and everybody, but I do really appreciate hearing from men. It's interesting to meet people who are fathers and who are grandfathers and of all ages. Um, but they just, and hearing their journeys and what they share, it really gives me a lot of hope for my dad and for some men in my family, as well as just hearing their stories. It just helps me have a lot of compassion. I maybe haven't had as much of an experience with older men in my life Being open to connecting and talking and sharing and being vulnerable. And so it's just really a nice place to hear and connect with so many different voices and experiences. I also appreciate, as a person, uh, but especially as a woman, a space where I can share. And I know because we don't cross talk in meetings at that time. People will listen to me and listen to me fully and not interrupt me or kind of give me advice or it's not an invitation to talk with me about something. And as a woman, that is not like in my experience, that doesn't always happen with men who I interact with in my life. So I really appreciate that the rooms are a place that we all come together to speak and to listen to each other with respect. So thank you to all the men for working the program and for being in the rooms. And especially thank you to you, Eric and Spencer. I really appreciate
7: it. Hi, Spencer and everybody. This is Carrie from Texas. I wanted to call in and say a little bit about the one coming up about men in Al-Anon. I think it's such a cool thing to talk about. I can't wait to hear what you guys share. For me, I had been in a women's group for, I don't know, maybe 15 years, I think is the math. And so I have been very familiar with sharing very vulnerably about my life experience and being in a room of people who are possibly much younger, much older than me. And it still resonates, you know, so that because that's, that's a big, cool thing that happens. So I'm, I was used to it with women. And I had been to one workshop where I sat in circle with, there was I don't know how many women, I don't know, a handful and then two men. It was actually one of the men who was leading it and he he brought it to my attention because I didn't notice but he was like have has everyone here been in circle with men before and I was like, "Whoa, I haven't." I had had one other experience before Alanon. You know, for me growing up, I didn't have a a father. I met my dad twice. I was he left when I was a baby. I met him when I was 9 and 19. But I had it was a family friend. Who was 16 years old when I was born, and I don't know, we just had this really cool connection on a spiritual level, I guess. But just like every weekend, he would come and pick me up, and I would go do errands with him. It was before Home Depot and Lowe's, so we had Heckingers, but I just have so many memories of like being there with him and like the sawdust and like hanging out while he was talking to the people that worked there. And just going around with him there was not a lot of talking he wasn't a real talkative guy, but just being with him was really special so that literally was my exposure to men. I had a couple of male teachers and you know then boyfriends and stuff so when I came to Al-Anon, I really did not have a lot of exposure with men I mean I've been married for you know over a decade before then, but just not a lot so it was really cool and I was I, I I felt comfortable, I would say. I don't know. It's, I, and I also had a lot of guy friends in high school and college. And I, and I miss that. And actually, I'm just realizing that as I'm speaking that I have felt that a little bit with the men in Al Anon. Because, you know, when you get married, you hang out with, I mean, Not you, but I mean, everybody's different. But so for me, when I got married, I'm not going to go hang out with my guy friends or call them on the phone in the same way that I did before because I, that's fine. But for me, it's out of respect because I wouldn't feel comfortable if my husband was doing that. So, but we have mutual, sorry, wait, couples that are mutual friends and that's fine. And it's fun, but it's. I don't know. I I miss having guy friends. I really do. So it's been nice um, making friends with guys at Al Anon that are, you know, maybe my age or a little younger or a lot older. And there have been some men that have really, I don't know, really touched my heart. Like I'll never forget, you know, in the interest of being confidential or, or keeping confidentiality. I won't say a name, but there's a gentleman there and he's older. I think he's in his 80s, maybe, I would guess. And when I was new and sharing and, you know, really, really vulnerable and really, it was really hard when I, the first six months I went to Alamon, I was just like reorganizing everything, like on a cellular level is what it felt like. And so he stopped me, or we, we started talking outside after the meeting a couple times. And there was this one time where he, he's so sweet, he's, a little shorter than me. And he's just so, so sweet. And he just was looking up at me and he was like, we love you. And just so convincingly. And I was like, I remember I was like, okay, like he said it once. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, like just that feels nice. And I believe him, but like cut it out, you know, and, and he kept saying it, you know, and the conversation. And I said to him his name and I was like, cut it out like you're gonna make me cry and he was like it's okay and he was like and he just kept saying and he was like we love you and we're gonna love you until you can love yourself Um, and I could cry now because I he really meant it (laughs) and he's so 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 sweet and it's not personal because he would forget me sometimes (laughs) like he's so sweet he would he would introduce himself I'm like it's okay we've met you know and um it's fine and it didn't hurt my feelings at all because it just it just, it doesn't matter. You know, he just has, has so much love because he's done so much work. He's been in Al-Anon for like three decades. And, but he to me is Al-Anon. That's Al-Anon is that, you know, there's just so much love and support. And so I can't imagine a meeting or, you know, having access to meetings without men. I think it's wonderful. And I personally feel so grateful whenever I see men doing any kind of self work. Because, you know, men get a bad rap sometimes. And there are a lot of, you know, men, just like there's a lot of women who are just maybe not breaking the cycle of the family that they grew up in. And it's just not a lot of health. So I have so much respect for when any, you know, man, woman, anyone, however they identify, have the courage to look at what isn't working for them in their lives and to learn a new way. I mean, that is amazing to me. And I do have, there's a meeting here that um, every Sunday at 9.30 and it's women only. And I go to that sometimes because it's nice. It's nice to be in a room with just women, nothing weird or different happens. It's just, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the difference is, but Honestly, I'm trying to think of like what appeals to me about that meeting. And what it is, is just that I've seen those same faces in there for the past five years. And I, that to me is always a sign of a really good, strong meeting. Yeah, I love it. And, and, you know, and then the podcast, I love hearing, you know, the, the men that call in and they're, it's just, it's so inspiring to me because they're so often so articulate and clearly doing self-work, which, again, I just have so much respect for.
0: And I guess I figured I should share my own experience as well. Most of the meetings that I attend, most of the meetings that I have attended in my hometown, at least, have always had a number of men in them, almost all of them. And so it didn't seem maybe unusual to be a man in those rooms. I did not have that experience, as some people have expressed, of, walking into Al-Anon for their first time and facing a room full of women and thinking, wow, I could never identify with these people. They're so different from me. I did recently attend a meeting, which is not a women's-only meeting, but at which I was the only man, and I felt a little bit out of place. It was was an odd experience, despite the fact that a couple of the people welcomed me warmly to the meeting because they knew me from... I used to attend that meeting more regularly. And I don't know if that was that night or if the the, the, the people who attend that meeting have, have changed over the, the time since I haven't been going to it. It was interesting. So one of the things that really challenged me as a man in Al-Anon was being able to feel vulnerable to open up to other men to trust other men with things like feelings i've always found it much easier through really throughout my whole life to to talk to women about things like feelings about hurt than than to talk to men and i don't i don't know exactly why i'm sure there's some reason buried back in my growing up years having to do with being teased or bullied by other boys something like that i don't know a real plus for me in eleanon has been this experience of having a close might even say intimate relationship with with other men another thing that i find odd or maybe intriguing and confusing is that it seems that in the meetings that I attend the members who have what seems to be the strongest program based on what they share in meetings most of them are women and I think this has inhibited me in finding a sponsor for example men don't seem to Stick around the program as long. For, again, this is just an observation. There's no, I haven't, haven't like made a spreadsheet and and taken notes and all that. It just seems that men who come, the, and it's not, it's not true of of everybody. There are, there are some. I don't know. It's just weird. Um, so when I first came into the program, the person who when they spoke in a meeting seemed to connect most to me was a woman. And I asked her to be my sponsor and she said, yes. And, and that, that worked for me for several years. And then I started sponsoring other men, many of whom were, um, what do we say now? Dual program members that they were also, in generally aa and i felt that i wanted a sponsor to whom i could bring uh, issues that might come up in my conversations with my new sponsees and so i asked another man who was also a dual program member to be my sponsor and my current sponsor is is also a man and maybe a dual program member i'm i'm not positive and it doesn't really matter at this point i just need somebody with a good program. I have also been a member of three small groups over the years, small step study groups, which around here we call a wall standing for a way of life or a way of living. And in these groups we spent generally, I think a couple of years working our way through the book paths to recovery sharing our answers to the questions for each step. And in the first such group, I was the only man. In the second group, it was more balanced. Uh, By by the time we got to the end, there were four of us, and there were two, two men and two women. So I guess equally balanced. The one that I'm in now, I'm the only man again. And I have gratitude that... In fact, one one of the per- people in my current group said one of her friends asked her, "Well, will you be okay sharing stuff with a with a man in the group?" And I'm grateful that her answer was, "Yeah, no problem." And really, we've had we've had some quite open sharing about all kinds of things. So I'm grateful that. Even though I'm in the minority, I can still be present. So I'm grateful for that acceptance. So I think for me, it hasn't been a huge issue. I have had occasions when women have asked me to be their sponsor, and I always had to think very carefully about that, About would I be able to maintain a proper boundary in that connection? And in general, I have, so I don't know. I remember listening to, to an, uh, an Al-Anon speaker talk and the person, the woman who was speaking said, you know, I sponsor people. And I think that's the way I felt that we're all people. But I can understand that that for other people that may not be true, and mostly mostly I'm sponsoring men, partly because they want a man as a sponsor and there are not so many of us are there anyway that's my experience. I'm glad that I can be in this program so I was thinking about music for this episode and it's like, I don't know. You know, like, how about I'm a man? No. Okay. That's too obvious or something. But a couple of people wrote recently with song suggestions. Said, maybe you can find a show that these will fit in. And I'm like, well, they're recovery songs. And I'm going to share them here. Krista from Nevada sent a suggestion closer to "Fine" by the Indigo Girls. And she writes, Before I found the program, I was never grounded, always searching. The program has helped me to become stable and given me a set of tools. I am no longer searching for the answer. I have found my serenity. This song used to make me cry. Now I am blessed with a smile. Thank you, Alanon, and God. And thank you, Krista. Krista sent in some shares on Step 7, which is Episode 31, and Sponsorship, which is Episode 32.
8: Hi, everyone. It's Krista from Nevada. I recently listened to the Sponsorship Joint meeting. It was the roundtable with your other meeting, and I really got a lot out of that meeting. I learned a lot about Sponsorship from either program that I hadn't heard said or used in that specific way before. And for that, I am grateful. For me, when I looked for a sponsor, I needed someone who was really strong because I'm perfect. I'm, You know, I look good. I do the right things. I have the degree. I have the job. I have blah, 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 blah. And I can keep it all together. But on the inside, I'm a mess. And so I know how to basically bullshit it. And I'd never heard that said before, that I'm going to co-sign on your bullshit. Anyway, I liked it a lot. And um, when I looked for a sponsor, I pretty much interviewed and said, you know, this is what I need. Are you comfortable holding me accountable? Because I have a strong personality and, you know, I want this to work. And uh, the person I chose said yes. And it's been a great relationship. That was my second sponsor. My first had moved away. And so I got a different one. She has since moved away, but we still do it long distance. I'm grateful that you are there to listen, and thank you for letting me share. I just wanted to call in and share on Step 7. When I did Step 7, it wasn't as big of a deal to me as some of the others. What I did was I just humbly asked him to remove my shortcomings, and then I... Counted every small success that I had, and then I just celebrated that. And that's what I did. And it didn't seem to be that hard for me. Like I said, as hard as the other ones. I'm grateful that you all are there to listen to my share. And thank you for doing what you do.
0: Thank you for sharing so much with us, Krista. And Alina also sent some shares on episode 42. Living Rich, Full Lives in Recovery, and Episode 43, The Three A's, Awareness, Acceptance, and Action.
9: Hi, my name's Alina. I just wanted to share on Episode 42 about living rich, full lives in recovery. This is always a tough one, a challenging one. You know, even if my qualifiers are an active addiction, you know, I know it is possible, you just have to, like, I, I realized that for me, I had to like not be so shy and not be so reserved and reach out. And I know it sounds easy now, but I know that in the beginning, you know, even the idea of living a rich full life, even when my qualifiers were an active addiction was really hard. I know one of my qualifiers is, I guess, an active addiction. I mean, he's, You know, however, he's, you know, working and he's a productive member of society, but, you know, there are different levels of addiction, too. And, you know, I realized that that's, you know, doesn't define me. It defines, you know, his side and, and I'm not to take his inventory or anything like that, but that's something that he needs to deal with. That's his journey. That's his thing. I have no control and I'm really powerless over everything. I mean, I just, you know, it does feel good to look back and realize that I've done a lot for myself as far as recovery and in contact with my sponsor pretty much on a daily basis and getting together to work on the steps and you know reaching out to Alan on friends and self care is in there writing is in there reading of course you know and these podcasts do really help as well it does make a difference and you know i don't have to be so hard on myself and you know so there's times when i'm not living that life and i do get upset and sad and I have to sit in my feelings for a minute, but that's okay. You know, it doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't mean I'm failing at anything. Um, it just means I'm human. So as far as my other qualifier, even though he's in recovery, as far as his addiction, he's still an addict. And, you know, he doesn't really practice a program. So there's always that instability. And, you know, I know that even with... You know, the drugs not involved, there's still going to be some things that I need to, I guess, overcome when it comes to him, you know, like, all I can do is support and love him. And, you know, I know there's going to be challenges on both ends, and that's always difficult. But anyways, I know that it is possible to live a rich, full life in recovery, even with your qualifiers in active addiction or not, you know, it just means that you love yourself that much more. And um, it's a day-to-day thing. It's one day at a time. And I know that it's not always going to be on the up. There's going to be downs too, but I know that I'll be okay. It'll pass. It didn't come to stay. And that Everything will be okay. So I appreciate the podcast. I appreciate everyone's share. And I'm so grateful, you know, to have this program. Thank you. Bye. I just wanted to share on episode 43 on the three A's awareness, acceptance and action. This was a really good topic. You know, when you break it down like that and you know, I, I heard someone else share, sometimes you forget, like you become aware but the acceptance part kind of gets overlooked and you're like quick into action and stuff. And I guess, you know, recently my qualifier and I had a disagreement and, you know, I was aware of what was going on because it's kind of like a pattern for us. And, you know, that's the frustrating part is I'm in a program and, you know, he's not and that's for him to decide and make a decision on. But I became aware of the situation and what was going on you know, it was hard for me to like, accept it, I guess, because I just feel like frustrated in a certain way. But I noticed that once I accepted it, I realized, you know, I really don't have to even just like sitting still and not really doing anything is, is action in itself. And, you know, that's basically what I did. And I noticed that each time, the codependent part of me is like, Oh, I got to fix it now. Like, we got to like work through this. And, you know, we can't just let it. I can't sit with it because it's eating at me. And, you know, these thoughts go through my head. And of course I get stuck in those thoughts. Like, he's doing well. And, you know, he's okay with this. And just the list of, you know, stupid, silly things that you, we start thinking to ourselves or that I do anyway. And these three A's help me to, pause a little and maybe not get so consumed in everything and kind of just focus on myself. And I realized that things, you know, seem a little bit more tolerable in that way. So um, anyways, I just wanted to share on that topic and I appreciate everyone's shares. Thank you.
0: And thank you, Alina, for continuing to share with us your experience of some of our earlier episodes. Thank you. I do have an upcoming topic that was suggested of the experience of people in Al-Anon who are dual program members in Al-Anon and another 12-step program to share how maybe your programs complement each other, how they are different, how they're the same. And how do you deal with that part of your life that is the other program when you're sharing in al meetings. Since I don't have that experience, I'm really relying on you to share yours. Thanks to the people who have sent in shares, I'm still, still open for more. So please do. You can call and leave a voicemail, 734-707-8795. You can use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation from your computer. And you can record a memo using the voice memo app or whatever it's called on your phone and email it to feedback at recovery.show. or you can send plain old text email to feedback at therecovery.show We would love to hear from you. Please share your experience, strength, and hope or your questions about today's topic or any other topics that we've already talked about. And the website as you probably have gathered, is the recovery dot show where we have notes for each episode that you can get to by the number, the recovery dot show slash number. So if you wanted to go listen to Living Rich Full Lives in Recovery at episode forty two, you would go to the recovery dot show slash forty two. That's simple. I Also got some some email and some voicemail that is not about being a man in Alana. Toby left a voicemail about the Belonging episode number 315.
10: Hi, this is Toby and I'm calling in response to show number 315 Belonging and I just wanted to add a comment um something that really helped me when I first started attending Al-Anon meetings I thought I had to identify whether or not my loved one was an alcoholic until I heard someone say, if someone's drinking bothers you, you're in the right place. I found this very reassuring because my loved one's drinking really bothered me and was significantly affecting me and my relationship with him and with others. This let me off the hook for figuring out if he was an alcoholic or not and reassured me that I do indeed belong in the rooms of Al-Anon. I hope that along with, Spencer, your comment about if you feel like you belong here you can stay and figure it out take as long as you need to that that helps anyone who's new and wondering if they belong uh, to know that they're welcome here and they're welcome to figure out their level of qualification for the rooms whether they belong or not so that was just really valuable for me because my loved one never identified as an alcoholic but his drinking did bother me. And so meetings have been very valuable for me. Thank you for your work, Spencer. And I'm looking
0: forward to hearing the next show. As did Carrie.
10: Hi,
7: Spencer and everybody. This is Carrie from Texas. I wanted to call in and talk about the episode I listened to called Belonging. Thank you so much. It was so nice to hear. And sometimes I just wish we could like all be in the same room together. But that was such a great topic. And it's something that I've thought a lot about. Because when I went in for the first time, five years ago, it was, I I actually had penciled in in lead pencil in my calendar to go to this one meeting it's not super close to where we live but it's kind of the town where we live but I mean, it's not close but i was just scared to go and i just kept but I, but I wanted to, so I kept penciling it in. It was Friday at noon, Friday at noon. And then I called a girlfriend and was, you know, telling her that I wasn't feeling great. And so she was like, come with me this Friday at noon. And I was like, you know, like, and she mentioned the exact Al-Anon meeting that I went to, wanted to go to, which was kind of crazy when I think about it, because there are a lot of other ones. So we went and, I really wasn't sure if I was allowed to be in there, literally, because growing up, it was me and my mom, and she she doesn't like to be around people who are drinking. She complains about it. She's like, they're loud. They think they're funnier than they really may be, You <laughs> and she's like, they're spitting. She doesn't like it. So I did not grow up with it visually in my house. So I was like, these people seem nice, but when they find out, I, they may ask me to leave, <laughs> literally. But I kept coming, and I, and I would check with people. I was like, you know, my mom didn't really drink. Is that okay? And everyone was so friendly and nice. So I, I just kind of kept tiptoeing in until it was really amazing. It might have been like maybe two years in, and there was a gentleman leading the meeting, and he shared that one of his grandparents drank, and but that his parents didn't. And I remember exactly where I was sitting, like on the left side of the room. And it just, I mean, it is amazing. I mean, like it's like time stops and like starts stretching. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, that is me. Because three out of four of my grandparents were heavy drinkers. You know, they never call themselves alcoholics. I've talked to my mom about it and she does not see them that way. She said something really weird. She was like, Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she just said she was like, No, nah, and they just she brushed it off is what it was. She was like, They just drank to use it as an excuse to get angry. What? Like it was just it's fine, it's her perspective. But it was just like, Whoa, that's interesting. So three of my grandparents drank, like, you know, every Friday. Um, I would say, you know, kinda of high functioning, but it wasn't pleasant for the children. I know that. So that was a really big moment for me when that gentleman shared that about his family. Um, and that's not even what brought him into Al-Anon. He shared that it was one of his children. So it was just, I, I felt really kind of lucky that he shared that little, you know, um, that detail about his experience. Cause it really gave me such, um, I guess, peace. Um, I mean, I, I, I knew I belonged in Al Anon before that because it just, I just, it just felt like, I don't know, something felt like, oh, you know, just like this is, this is the language. This is everything that everyone is talking about is something that I have experienced myself on some level, you know, even if the details are different. So I, I, I knew I quote unquote belonged before that, but it really just gave me, this other sense of peace. So, so, so grateful. I'm leaning on the podcast a lot lately because of this diagnosis I have called adrenal fatigue. So I'm really not able to get to meetings like I uh, would like to. So I don't know if you guys know this, but if you have an iPhone, there's a way to save episodes. And so I have all of Mary Pearl's episode saved. I love her so much, by the way. Oh, and I was so excited. The other day I worked into a conversation, something she said. Oh, she was talking about a, a conversation she had with her husband. And she said, he said to her, you'd never apologize. And she said, that is a lie from the pit of hell. I think she said it was so funny. I love her so much. I forget which one that was, but it's great. So anyway, I worked that into a conversation with my husband and I was laughing. He was like, what? It's so funny. But um, I told him, but Anyway, so I listened to my favorites over and over. And the new ones that come out, just so much gratitude. And I look forward to hearing this new one. All right. Hope everyone is well. Thank you. Bye.
0: And thank you, both of you. I'm glad that that episode touched you. Michelle writes, Hello to everyone at The Recovery Show. My name is Michelle. I'm a sober member of AA. Soberdate five ten o three, and a newcomer to Al-Anon this year. I've had some exposure to Al-Anon over the years, as my mother has been a member of Al-Anon for nearly four decades. Since birth, I've had qualifiers around me in every direction, shape, and size. It is my current belief that not all codependents become addicted to a substance, but I have yet to meet a real alcoholic or addict who isn't codependent. It is also my belief that I crossed that invisible line, trying to numb the pain of my own codependency. As you know, it is excruciating at times. For nearly two decades of sobriety, I have purposely avoided Al-Anon, wanting not to be like my mother and refusing to open my mind that perhaps I could learn something different with respect to a recovered life. Then, at the end of last summer, my husband relapsed after nine and a half years clean. We both became extremely complacent in our programs. Life didn't get in the way, we did. Putting all the great stuff recovery gave us before recovery itself. Pain is the touchstone to spiritual growth, at least for me. He is sober again, but not working the program I think he should. Smiley face. Right? I mean, God knows it's me who has the answers. Not. I found your podcast while searching for something to soothe my mind and hug my aching heart. You've done both. I can't thank you enough for the courage to stay the course of your own recovery. In so doing, your experience, strength, struggles, hope, and perseverance have opened my eyes, heart, and mind to a loving, kind, and supportive place to learn. I'm here in al to stay. I know I need it. The steps are the same, but the atmosphere is vastly different. It is softer, kinder, and forgiving. Three states of being I have struggled with, both receiving and giving. I'm looking for a sponsor who can see both sides of my coin. God will bring this person to me at the right time, in the right place. For now, I will continue my meetings in both fellowships, my step work, currently on step four, long overdue, and service work. Your shows are wonderful for me, showing me that life is life. We learn, we grow, we fall down again, and we get back up, reaching for the hand of someone who has fallen before and knows the way. Prayers and hugs, Michelle. Well, thank you, Michelle, for for sharing your experience, because I'm sure it will touch another listener. Sarah left the voicemail about Step 8, which was Episode 35.
11: Hi, Spencer. This is Sarah from Massachusetts. I am calling after having listened to Episode 35 about Step 8. And I want to say thank you to Alina, who is a listener who has been commenting on the episode she's been listening to. And it was her comments about Step 8. This listening to this episode that inspired me to look it up and listen to it. And I, I have to say, I, I found this episode incredibly moving. I actually listened to it twice in a row because I wanted to go back and absorb some more, especially the part where, Spencer, you speak about making an amend to your wife after having built a wall up. I can really, really relate to that. I've been able to recognize that I have a wall that, you know, I built up around my relationship with my spouse and, you know, I am fortunate in that my spouse is now sober for a couple of years, but I, I found that that did not fix many, many of our problems are issues. And it definitely did not inspire me to take that wall down right away. And I get that that was protective for me, but I, I can really see the harm that, that that has done to our, to our relationship. And I am actively working to take that wall down, but it's really, really helpful to have you describe your experience. So I want to thank you very much for that. And, and I want to also ask um, a question. So I'm not really formally working the steps just yet. I'm kind of working on it, but I'm moving in that direction. I wanted to ask you to explain a little bit more, if you can, about the difference between making an apology and making an amend. Thank you in advance. And uh, thank you again for the podcast. I love it. Thank you. Bye.
0: And she asks, so what's the difference between apology and amends? And the very brief explanation, as I understand it, as I learned in this program, is that an apology is just saying, I'm sorry. I apologize for what I did. An amends goes deeper than that because it tries to make right the wrong that happened. And sometimes it's possible to make that Amend directly if you owe money, you can pay it back, for example sometimes it's it's not possible to right the wrong. I did things that hurt my children in the past. I can't undo those things. All I can do is change my behavior so that they know that I won't be doing that to them or to someone else in the future. So that's very briefly the way I understand the difference between apology and amends. Apology is words, amends is action. Kelly left us a voicemail about the Adult Children of Alcoholics episode number 203.
12: Hi there, this is Kelly. This message is coming from Alberta, Canada. And I just wanted to reach out because I just recently discovered this podcast a couple of days ago. I've been recently doing some painting. And while I paint, I listen to podcasts and... I just kind of felt, for the first time in a really long time, an interest in maybe finding a podcast that would discuss alcoholism and addiction, as I am a child of an alcoholic, an adult child of an alcoholic. And it's interesting, the experience I had finding the podcast, because I just typed in alcoholic into the search bar, and up came a podcast episode from the show specifically discussing the experience uh, with a guest on the show, their life experience as an adult child of a alcoholic. I just found it very interesting because I've been inactive as a member of Al-Anon for a few years. I started going to Al-Anon maybe six years ago. Or so. About a year into my experience with Al Anon, I decided to cut ties with my qualifier and cut contact. Like a lot of new Al Anon members, sometimes you can make the mistake of thinking that if your alcoholic either stops drinking or you aren't in contact with them, that you kind of no longer need the program or that you can't benefit from it. So I let things like distance from my nearest group and uh, weather conditions as it gets messy up here in the wintertime in Canada, I kind of let those factors pull me away from Al-Anon or give me an excuse to take a break from Al-Anon. Once I found this podcast episode and listening to this person's experience, and there was so much information in this podcast about the ACA 12-step program, which I didn't realize was a thing, it really just caught my interest and really opened a lot of doors for me in my mind about, (laughs) if you want a good like metaphor, it kind of opened doors into the walls that I've built up in my mind around attending Al-Anon or trying to use the program to benefit me because my experience with Al-Anon had been that every time I went, while I did find there was benefits to being there and I did take away good things from the program, I did feel like it wasn't tailored to what I needed. I did feel that as an adult child of an alcoholic that My experiences were different from a lot of what I was hearing in the room. In the group that I attended, there was a lot of spouses of either current or ex-alcoholics or ex-spouses of alcoholics. And not very many children at all, if any. Of course, lots of people choose not to share who their qualifier is. I found attending the group that I just felt like nobody really understood what it's like for me that I didn't really closely connect with anybody's story while all sharing and all stories told our experiences told in that group had positive things to take away. I didn't feel like I was getting enough. And so I just wanted to share that listening to that episode and finding out that there's a program specifically for adult children of alcoholics, just really inspired me to get some new literature, Al-Anon literature that I didn't have before, some specifically for adult children of alcoholics. And I did check out the ACA website and got some literature from them about their 12-step program And so I just kind of wanted to say thank you for doing that episode and let you know that I'd really love to hear more from that perspective. I think everyone's perspective is, of course, powerful and important and worth talking about. But of course, this one being mine, I feel particularly (laughs) passionate about it or interested in it and hopeful to hear more about it. So thank you so much for sharing that podcast and i hope to hear more from that point of view
0: thank you thank you kelly i'm glad that you found value there that you didn't even maybe know you were looking for and i would be delighted to do another aca episode with somebody who has that experience please email me feedback at the recovery.show if you are interested in doing that and we can Set up a time to do record a show. Thanks. Marcy writes, Hey, Spencer and fellows. I'm new to al maybe three weeks now. But I have been in another program for about six years. I struggled with God and higher power stuff when I first entered the program. It's easier now, but mostly thanks to a phone meeting I found in my program about unconventional spirituality. In this meeting, I get to hear about how to work the program from atheists, seekers, non-believers, etc., I would like to suggest an episode of your show focusing on how fellows have found recovery in Al-Anon when they have unconventional spiritual beliefs or are atheists. Thanks for all you and the recovery show supporters do the podcast has been instrumental in my Al-Anon recovery journey. Marcy. Well, thank you, Marcy, for that idea. And I'm, so I listened to some other recovery podcasts. One of them is called sober speak. And. Ooh. Maybe six months or so ago, he interviewed. Uh, he talks to AA members. He is a, it is an AA recovery podcast, but he talked to an AA member who actually leads an atheist AA meeting. I'll see if I can remember what episode what it was, and and maybe put a link in the show notes at the recovery show slash three one six. Also, if you fall into that category of. Uh, Atheist, seeker, non-believer, agnostic, unconventional spiritual belief. And you'd like to share your experience of how you have worked those God steps in this program. Please do. Voicemail, email, whatever works for you. Love to hear from you. Thanks. Got some reviews in Apple Podcasts. One from Lisa in Canada. Just What I Needed is the title. My circumstances don't allow me to get out of the house in the evening, so so this has literally changed my life. I've never gone to Al-Anon, but this has given me a pretty good idea what it's about and has helped me immensely. Thank you. Joy in the U.S. writes, Easy does it. My first experience with Al-Anon was finding this podcast, and wow, I found a place. I know there's much more I need to know, read, listen to, digest a bit, but... This is a first step and you made it so palatable. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I will be listening, supporting and gaining a new outlook on myself and my situation with my loved one. God bless. Amaryllis wrote about parenting. I just stumbled upon this podcast and I really connected to the session on parenting. It was very helpful hearing others experiences. Thank you. Retlaw in Canada writes, take Allen anywhere. This podcast does a fantastic job of communicating the help for living a serene life that the Al-Anon program offers, whether the alcoholic or addict is still drinking or not. An excellent showcase of the Al-Anon program lived out. And I want to thank everybody who has left a review um, in Apple Podcasts or in whatever app you might use to listen to the podcast. Also, of course, all of those of you who write to us here directly your reviews and your emails might help somebody else decide they want to listen more or listen at all. And I also want to say, I'm really glad that we can provide here your meeting between the meeting, as I've heard it said sometimes, but I also believe there is no real substitute for face-to-face meetings or if you can't get face-to-face, try maybe an online meeting or a phone meeting. There are a number of those listed on the Al-Anon website. If you go to Al-Anon, I think it's al click on the meetings, and then there's a, a tab for electronic meetings. So it is possible to get to a meeting from your the comfort of your home. So the second song that was suggested to me recently uh, by Marcy is well, she writes Not sure if you have heard of Trixie Mattel But I recently discovered her And this song, called Moving Parts Has really hit home for me I thought you might find an episode That goes along with this awesome song Peace, Marcy Well, I decided this episode Goes along with this song So check it out I do put videos of The songs YouTube videos of the songs On the website at the three one six thank you for listening and please keep coming back whatever your problems there are those among us who have had them too if we did not talk about a problem you're facing today feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode understanding love and peace growing you one day at a time